137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. The Gnome Edition. (laughs) What'd you say? The Gnome Edition. Well, I was going to get to that in a minute, Preston. Yeah, well, I spoiled it. Someone didn't read the fucking notes. (laughs) I spoiled it like I spoiled Star Wars for you, so fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, you are a bastard. (laughs) And I knew it was bound to happen. I still have, I'm halfway through uh, the, the search for the Luke. Hope or whatever the just, one's called. Just stop watching. If it's taken this long to finish, get the fuck out of here. Somebody spoiled that for me too, and it was like I don't even know, like a podcast I was listening to, and they're talking about movies. You can't be mad at that. You you literally span watching one movie over months. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not mad at all. I'm I'm literally <laughs> surprised that it hadn't been ruined yet. Oh, like yeah. I literally did not know the little little twist in that. But uh, and it wasn't me that ruined it for you this time either. No, it wasn't. It was some podcast I listened to that wasn't even talking about Star Wars. And out of nowhere, they're like, oops, spoiler. And then the guy's like, oh, you're like the time I, you know, hadn't watched the new Star Wars. And then someone told me that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I thought I was going to get away with it, too. <laughs> Word, man. All right. Well, back to the show. Stuff that's cool. Not that lame-ass movie. Right. <laughs> so is anything new with anybody? Shit. No, <laughs> no not really. I got a, uh, I don't know, like... um I don't know what what did we do recently? We watched something. No, we did. We played VR. So like, yeah, the played, holiday just happened. PlayStation VR. So I got a VR for Black Friday, slash Christmas present, and it's really cool. And I think like I have a couple paranormal games. I have Paranormal Activity, the game. I have uh, Resident Evil, and one other scary game. I can't remember what it is. But then a bunch of shit. You know. You know what would be really cool is to broadcast that and then also simultaneously record it with that VHS uh, filter. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be right? Be Fucking nerd. <laughs> the, uh, so the the VR, like the main thing is like I don't really know. I would think that like an alien experience on that thing would be tight because like it's hard. Jeez, it's, I, it's hard to explain to people that haven't like really because if you put like a phone VR on your head. Okay, it's cool. Yeah. Like it's a, it's kind of gimmicky. Like it's like, oh, cool. I can look at my. I like for mine for looking at my panoramic panoramic uh, videos and uh, photos. photos I I do. So I like that and stuff like that. But when you put this thing on and you're actually in a in a world moving, it's it just it does something with the brain, the eyes to the brain. Like yeah. it's I don't know. It's really hard to explain. So you played a game for the very. I mean, this was your first time playing. An actual yeah, game, right? Uh, super hot. Yeah. It's pretty much the Matrix, but like polygonal. Like the graphics are very polygonal for like, yeah. <laughs> lack of. And but just, that's just that's red, white, and gray, pretty much. Yeah, and a little bit of black. you would love it, Preston. Yeah. It's a game made for us. Yeah, <laughs> visually, it's made for us. But it was pretty. It's pretty trippy, man. Like the yeah, uh, just having that in your brain, so I could just picture like something like. Because every VR always has like jump scare games and like ghost games yeah. shit like that, but like, could you imagine like an actual UFO like abduction VR experience? I can't. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to record it soon with Preston because Presto, you have to experience that. It's pretty wicked. Yeah. yeah. 
that super hot game. Cause Steve, you're like, I'm telling you, when you put this on, like your brain plays tricks on you and you think that you're in the game. I'm yeah. like, all right, whatever. Like it, I, I played it. It's true. But yeah, playing that super hot game, like I duck behind this fucking desk to, uh, grab a gun. And after I kill the dudes, I put my hands up in real life trying to grab a hold of the desk I hid behind to pull myself up and almost fell for you almost, and you almost grabbed your cat by the neck. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I strangled my cat on accident. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it was fun though. It, it is. It's it's really good, and 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 it's crazy when I say this, and I mean this so much. Like, that's not even the best because yeah, like the PSVR is way behind the PC like Chauncey has, and like you put that thing yeah. on, you're getting like very way more clear graphics. And, yeah. uh, and like fidelity. the difference was, I think, like, I had a little more fun playing the PlayStation, but only because we didn't stay at Chauncey's for too long that day. And mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to play any actual action games. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the VR uh, PlayStation, I got to play super hot. And that was very action packed with with uh, the games we played with Chauncey. It was more or less kind of like uh, interacting environmental. Yeah. Yeah. Interacting with yeah. environments and looking around like actual like virtual reality versus an actual like uh, action platforming yeah. game. So. And I just got the uh, the the aim controller, which is like a gun type controller where <laughs> you don't have to hold the two wands. You just use that for like shooter games. Oh, that's cool. So I'm pretty excited to try that out. But yeah, it's it's pretty sick, man. And uh, the only else, for, the only thing else for me is um, we actually got some. There was like a deal a uh, couple weeks back where it was like order 15 stickers for a dollar, and I was like, mm, okay. And they're like, upload your graphics. So I uploaded the pixelated paranormal graphic. And I got some pretty awesome stickers made, and they all came here. Oh yeah, you did. And they're gonna be hell yeah. They're pretty cool because it's limited edition, boys and gals. And I guess that's insensitive now. What should I say? Uh, um, <laughs> everyone, everyone, <laughs> yeah, okay, folks, yeah, folks, folks. <laughs> I I usually refer to them as y'all. Y'all, there you go. I think I hit every target by just saying y'all. Y'all. And you just sound right. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we're thinking about how many did you get? Fifteen or twenty I, of those? I or think so? I need to count them. I've only used I've only used one, and I don't think I've given. Steve's like I only used seventeen of them. I gave one to some. <laughs> oh, I gave one. Did I give one to Matt? I gave one to someone. You may have given one to Matt. Gave, I can't remember who it was. But well, uh, we're gonna give a couple of those away to uh, a couple people, and then I th- we were talking about maybe doing like a limited edition deal where like if you send in a listener story, we will send you one of these numbered. Uh, stickers as kind of a little, little thank you yeah, that'd be dope. because they will be pretty limited as of right now. Um, I'm fixing, I think I'll probably roll out the new graphic in January. Might as well just roll out new graphic for new year, but I'm rebranding the show. That'll be fun. Giving us some new artwork and whatnot. And then, uh, Preston and I talked a little bit about, um, maybe taking this puppy weekly as opposed to biweekly. You know, doing some weekly shows, whether that be every other show is in depth mm-hmm. and then in the opposite weeks, it's just kind of shorter sh- uh, shows. We'll see what goes on. See if we can swing that. But yeah, got some cool. new stuff up and coming for the new year. So I might as well wait and do that for uh, the new year as well. But And we already got one listener that uh, sent us a story tonight. So maybe he should get one of 15. Yeah, I think he I think he deserves it yeah, for sure. Yeah. That'd be tight. We're going to share Ethan's story at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I got some pretty cool stuff right before we recorded, so that's exciting. But yeah, um, Preston, anything new with you? I feel like it's been a while since we had the whole band together. We got the band together. <laughs> no, no, um, no, just living life, man. Sweet. You know, I oh, can't yeah. complain. 
Well, Shayla had a funny thing happen to her right before we got uh, ready to record tonight. She went to Quick Trip to get us a couple drinks because we were getting ready to eat and realized we had nothing to drink but water. And we both drink a boatload of water anyway. So, like, she drove the her car um, to Quick Trip. And when she parked it, she got out. And, like, there's this homeless guy standing out, leaning up against the building. And as she walked by, she clicked her clicker to lock the car. And it honked. And this homeless guy's like, hey, don't you be honking at me. And kind of like goes, and then she just goes, huh, and like walked inside. And then she got her drinks. And on the way out, she walked by that guy. And he's like, "Uh, uh, ma'am, I I should apologize. I shouldn't have uh, smarted off to you like the way I did. I didn't read your license plate until after you walked past it. I'd like to apologize. And she's like, what? And she looked down. And I've (laughs) John and Leslie are going to love this. I've got that TARDIS license plate on the front of uh, her car. Uh-huh. And it says public call police box. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened to you twice now. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> That's so good. So he's just like, I'm really sorry. And she looked down and she's like, oh, that's from a TV show. Don't worry about it. I'm not a real cop. And he's like, oh, <laughs> and she got in the car and drove off. <laughs> yeah, I had it happen again uh, the other day. I went to a different quick trip and I got out of the car and this guy's like mean mugging me. And so I go inside and he was sitting in his car and he was just kind of staring at me, but I was parked in front of him and he's like reading my license plate. And I'm like, what's this idiot looking at? So I go inside and I come back out and then like he's standing in front of his car, like leaning on his hood. And I just give him a nod and he's like, hey, hey, are you a real undercover cop or something? And I just look at him dead faced. I didn't blink. I just said, if I was undercover and told you I was undercover, I wouldn't be undercover anymore, would I? And I got in the car, and he's just like, oh, okay, okay, and, like, gave me a wink. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's classic. I love that license plate. If nothing else, for that reason. <laughs> um, the last little story I want to share is something that happened that made me laugh. Um, so it is our 75th uh, episode. So I did go ahead and get you guys a little something, and Preston, I already gave you yours. <laughs> like 75, mm-hmm. some, 75 some special number. <laughs> it is to me. <laughs> <laughs> to me impressed it, it matters. <laughs> Why what is oh is you mean just like because you've done Yeah, it? we've we have done this seventy five yeah, times. But, but Steve? what's the but what like what's the difference between seventy four or seventy three? You're like because it's seventy five. Seventy five is a pretty round, solid number. Yeah. And when we get to hundred, we're gonna celebrate again, motherfucker. So be prepared. Yeah, yeah every twenty five <laughs> episodes to me is kind of a milestone. Oh, okay. All right. Seems- <laughs> you know, two of us out of the three of us are new to podcasting relatively, so yeah. Steve, don't shit, don't shit on our anniversary. We have feelings. <laughs> I just, just, Seventy-five seems like a, a weird, odd number because most people are like fifty, you know, or ten, then twenty-five, fifty, and then hundred. Ten seems like a bullshit number to me. There goes yeah. ten. Nah, we, you get bonuses tons. of ten years, man. Right? Is that something? Um, so yeah, hot off of uh, episode seventy-four when Preston and I. You know, cried through our microphones about the death of Stan Lee. Um, we caught up about some cryptids. Did you listen to that episode, Steve? Because you weren't on it. I did not. I'm not like a uh, bastard. I bastard. I try. Do I this? So I have like two podcasts I listen to regularly, and even when I'm not on, it's hard to even make time for another. It's it's weird. I know it sounds yeah, shitty. Yeah, no, I get time, but yeah, and you're fine. and I wouldn't. I mean. I don't really know. Yeah, much. you wouldn't resonate with Stan Lee yeah. in the comic book. Yeah, because really. yeah. that was never part of my life. You know, like it's. I mean, I respect what he's done for the world. Shit, it's crazy what he's done for the world. 
But you know, like yeah. um, no, I, I would have like that, nothing, man. no input on that, that show at all. I'd nothing to contribute. Like, oh. You'd just be like, uh, I like Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which Marvel did do the uh, first line of Star Wars comics. So you're boom. welcome. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Um, well, we talked at the end of the episode about the different cryptids or, or some of the cryptids that have been featured uh, in Marvel as actual characters, one of which was Sasquatch. And so I went to Prairie Dog Comics, shout out, did a little uh, Fuck, I smell that small pizza. business Saturday shopping. And uh, I was just wanting to find one for me, just one copy of a comic book with like a badass picture of Sasquatch on it. So long story short, I found three issues of Alpha Flight number 23, and it has on the front in big, bold yellow letters, Secrets of Sasquatch. And then it's got Sasquatch uh, fighting a white uh, albino version of himself. It almost looks like Sasquatch fighting a Yeti. It's not, because technically this is Songbird, a different version of Sasquatch, but I digress. Fucking nerd! <laughs> well, they had a deal, and it was um, buy two, get one free, and all the back issues were like two bucks a piece. But the problem is Prairie Dog Comics has one caveat, that you have to have $10 minimum purchase to use a debit card. And I'm Save like, I money. don't have... I don't have any cash. I never carry yeah. cash on me and I don't need any more comics. I just wanted these. So I hit the dude up at the counter. I'm like, look, I'll bring some cash back in the morning. Cause I don't want to sit here and pilfer. Cause it was already at closing time when I snuck in there and he's like, yeah, dude, I'll hold these for you. So he takes them. I give him my name. Did, I go back the say, next morning. You say, huh? fuck you, Bill Maher. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I go back the next day which is saturday morning and uh there's this dude in front of me who walked in probably a few minutes before i did and at prairie dog and probably other comic book stores they have like graded plastic cased comic books that are worth a ton of money in some cases and like this dude i'm i'm behind him i can't see his face he doesn't see me but he's like I, I caught the last half of the conversation. He's like, oh, man, uh, is that issue such and such blah, blah of uh, The Walking Dead? Oh, I got to have that. And it's like 60 bucks for an issue of this comic. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, holy cow, is that issue blah, blah, blah of some fucking unheard of comic I've never seen before. I got to have that for 60 bucks. That's a bargain. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's hardcore about comics. Mm -hmm. And so he gives this guy his comics, and then the dude walks over to me, the clerk, and he's like, hey, what's up, dude? And I'm like, hey, I just had a – had you guys holding a couple books for me um, last night, and I'm going to pay for them now. And he's like, oh, cool. What's the name? And I told him, and he he grabs the – he turns around, and he goes to the, the shelf behind him, and he grabs my stack, and he looks through them, and like his back is to me for about 30 seconds too long. And then he turns around real slow and just stares at me. And then he has the comics like held up against his chest and he looks down at him and he looks back up at me and he puts them down on the counter and then he spreads them out like it's a fucking winning poker deck hand. And he's like, huh, three copies of and I cut him off and I'm like, yes, Alpha Flight number 23, three copies. And he's like, I have to ask why in the hell <laughs> would you want three copies of such a random comic book. So this is this is the guy that's saying, "Oh, I gotta have that." This no, this oh, okay. is the clerk. Oh, the clerk. The okay. guy who was okay. buying the expensive ones was the dude who was helping. I can just see some me. like pretentious comic. Why do you have this god awful number? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 
Well, the, the the comic book buyer in front of me, he's looking at me too, like I've got three coveted issues of some special comic <laughs> like, book. Like you're the inside trade, and you know this thing's about to yeah, go big. Like, I'm one of him, is what it looks. It was he's thinking. <laughs> he's like, huh? Look at this rookie over here. Sean walked in there with that uh, coconut Lacroix, and then he's like, ooh, fancy. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Walked into this fucking comic book store like Macklemore. Yeah. Like, what up? I got a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, why do you have three random issues of – and I'm like – I cut him off. I'm like, yeah, Alpha Flight number 23. And so he's just staring at me. He's like, but why? And again, without even blinking, I just stare back at him and I said, if you have to ask, then you're never going to know. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, damn, good one, dude. And I'm like, no, I host a podcast uh, with my two buddies and we just talked about Stan Lee and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, these comic books are probably not even worth the 65 cents they cost. On the cover, but I'm going to frame mine and they'll probably frame theirs and just hang them up on the wall. I want to put one next to where I record and like it's just kind of like a little memento. But uh, he, we had a good laugh. And then if nothing else, it was worth the cost just to see him be so perplexed as to why I had three of the same fucking book. It's the best. It's so fucking good when you can just confuse somebody so much. Oh, and he they was, don't know man. What the fuck's going on? Because like, at first he's like, oh, we made a really bad mistake. And then he realized, like, no, this guy's pretty fucking serious. Because, <laughs> like, what I do, what I do with uh, when Xbox announces their like a game's going to go backwards compatible, I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll go to GameStop that day if they're cheap enough and oh. buy them. Because the next day they're going to go, they're they're going to go uh, backwards, com- or yeah. backwards compatible, and their GameStop's going to fucking raise the raise the cost. Yeah, check the prices. So then, up, I'm sure. So then every time I do that, I go in there and like I'll buy. I'll, I'll buy if something's like a dollar. I'll buy a couple copies for my friends, and then I'll um, I'll buy them, and they'll be like, hmm, "Why are you buying this old game?" Like because they they've seen me and they're buying new shit. And I'm like, "Oh, it's going back with yeah. compatible tomorrow." You see all the employees rush into the counter <laughs> yeah. to buy them at like a dollar <laughs> because then when they get jacked up to seventeen bucks, they can trade them in. You make you make profit. Yeah. See, I did the same thing. It's like I insider trading. You do. You, yeah. This guy was like, "What does this guy know? Did they just?" Did they just announce a Sasquatch Marvel movie? <laughs> Is this going to come? <laughs> and I should have fucking plugged it. I should have been like, dude, this episode of Pixelated Paranormal just came out, episode 74. <laughs> These dudes talked about Sasquatch and Wendigo and like, this shit's going to be sky high. <laughs> but no, I did make it worth the the clerk's time because I did have him go in the back and find an issue. I think it was like 272 of The Incredible Hulk. Again, not going to read it. Well, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to frame it. Because it's got even more badass artwork of the Hulk kind of like hunched over like he's injured. And then a fucking Wendigo. Uh, Wendigo is behind him getting ready to pounce on him. And then behind Wendigo is a Sasquatch. And I just thought this is a fucking ultimate comic book sandwich right here with all of them That's on there. That's awesome, so, man. You're the shit. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> but, oh, another yeah, comic so thing with you, dude. You got that uh, that art filter program thing, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I got some. Uh, I got some new. Uh, some new stuff. I'm going to be using for some illustrations, and that'll be pretty fun. It's got too, that yeah. cool comic book, Ooh. old, like worn page look. It's fucking dope. Yeah, I've seen it, boys. Insiders. To, uh, <laughs> Insiders. Yeah, Troy. Hell yeah. Well, it's been 20 minutes, and we're just now getting past the uh, the pleasantries. So I'm digging it. Um, do you want to jump into your news, Steve? Do you still want to cover that stuff? This is back on November 12th, everybody. Uh, pilot report seeing UFO moving so fast off coast of Ireland. Irish aviation officials are investigating after two airline pilots reported seeing unidentified flying objects off the southwest coast of Ireland last week. 
well, not last week, but uh, a pilot of a British <laughs> Airways flight. Within the last month. Yeah, <laughs> contacted <laughs> air control. Listen, the whole world could be dead because I didn't report this news about these these drones coming to scope out everything. Okay, this is serious business. Uh, they asked him on November 9th, asking if there were any military scheduled in the air in the airspace. Air control said there was nothing showing for that evening. It was moving so fast, the pilot said. According to the audio of the call released by some random website I'm not going to plug, it appeared on our left-hand side and rapidly veered to the north. We saw a bright light, and then it disappeared at a very high speed. A second play- pilot, because remember I said there were two pilots for a totally mm-hmm. different airplane, also called an air traffic control. A meteor or another object making some kind of re-entry, it appears to be multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory. They were very bright from where we were. That's pretty crazy. That's insane, yeah. yeah. And that made, like, fucking international news. Yeah, because in March, back in March, uh. two airline pilots from different planes claimed to see UFOs fly over planes in Arizona's airspace. The FAA admitted that it didn't know what the object was either and released audio of the radio broadcasts. I'm yep. telling you, man. Yeah, I, fucking drones, dude. I, I can buy the. I can buy the. Uh, I can buy the Arizona story, but the Irish story. I don't know if I can. They're all drunk. <laughs> yeah, because they're all drinking scotch and flying planes. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the fucking leprechauns again, laddie. Preston, I've been in one of your secluded nightclubs. All the Masons are drunk too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, oh, just great. kidding. The bartender wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just picture the Mason bartender being like that bartender in Greatest Showman doing a dance. And we're <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The Masons are all really good people and do really great stuff and drive tiny cars. I almost bought that Fez though, dude. When I was uh, at that tent at that big uh, jumble sale craft show. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what makes me laugh totally every time I hear it? I could yeah, always I, use another Fez. So, I mean, if you find one and it's like dirt cheap, you know, I'm not going to complain if you buy it for me. No, I was going to buy it and sneak back into your bar. No, that works too. <laughs> I wouldn't rent you out. <laughs> no, um, yeah, there's a really cool shop. You show up there wearing a monocle and like a little, a, a, one of them small little notepads about this big. And you're like flipping yeah. through it. And, and you got the old, the old penguin cigar cigarette thing. And you're like, <laughs> cigarette sticking I out broke the, the adapter. Code. <laughs> yeah, the shit. Learning handshakes, getting lapel pins. <laughs> uh, no, there's a really badass uh, shop in Peabody, Kansas called Flint Hills Gypsies. And they had a really cool older looking Fez that they were selling, and I thought about for half a second buying that and wearing it to. Uh, How much was that? Um, it was like twenty five bucks. Really great price. I'm gonna say which is about twenty bucks more than I'm willing to spend for a practical joke. Right. But to see your brother shit himself, or maybe a cat, <laughs> uh, would have been worth it. Uh, yeah. Okay. How'd you get it here? Take you home shit. with me. Uh, yeah. The Fez thing. I th- I'm pretty sure my dad has some of them. In his shop, really? That he probably just really? he probably just give me if I wanted to. Actually, I mean, they oh, yeah. never sell that shit. Wouldn't give you fucking Halloween on NES, but he'll give you a fez, huh? Got him slipping. Well, speaking of slipping, the next news story I have. 
a woman is suing Samsung for $1.8 million after oh. she slipped her cell phone into her vagina and got it stuck inside. Wow. Well, maybe you should masturbate with a cell phone, lady. Have you ever thought about that? They make cucumbers and dildos for those things, not fucking cell phones. Surely it was like a – was it a, like a joke or do you think she was actually trying to uh, – No, I don't know. It says an Albuquerque woman here it. is suing Samsung for $1.8 million after she necessitated medical attention after inserting her cell phone into her vagina and was una- unable to retrieve it for 96 hours. <sighs> Selma Bryant, 39, claims her medical bills at the University of Mexico, New Mexico Hospital, amount to – Oh, $1.1 million, and that she has suffered from severe psychological distress because of the whole ordeal. Bryant says she first inserted the cell phone inside of herself as a dare from one of her friends, but quickly, <laughs> quickly realized the phone would not come out. That awkward attorney. He's like, uh, you, I'm an old man. Uh, yeah, I only dream of this happening, and finally somebody walked into my office and was like, hey, I've got a case for you. I couldn't turn it down. Look, he looks so awkward. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh, God. The defense attorney is probably like, I've heard of sexting, but this is ridiculous. Or like this. Uh, Apple faced a similar lawsuit in 2014 after a man huh? had attempted to swallow 14 iPhones and ended up yeah. in the emergency room for mercury poisoning. Yeah, we all knew 14 is too many. Should have stuck with 13. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're fucking idiots. Uh, Selma said, I wanted to see how it would feel to put my cell phone on vibrate mode inside of me just for fun. But it soon turned out to be a nightmare. She told the judge. Wow. Samsung is definitely at fault here as they <laughs> offered no warning about dangers of potential risks during insertion of their products inside clients, male or female body cavities or genitals, says Selma's lawyer, Jim McAfee. Uh, Samsung spoke, a Samsung spokesperson said they would not comment on this case at this moment, but explained that an out-of-court settlement has uh, was still an option. I don't know. Am I the only one here that thinks maybe that's not a required or necessary warning inside your fucking pamphlet that nobody reads? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dear user, me, please don't respect- put cell phone in vagina or ass. It'll like there's, get stuck. Like there's no way, there's no way that this is going to win in a courtroom. Like there's just well, Samsung is going to settle outside of court. They will because they want to hush her up and then they can quickly, you know, revoke all of their unsold phones and change their warning packages. But I I don't know. My counter argument would be, lady, you're telling me that before you stuck that in there, you read the entire manual? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> reads the manual. You <laughs> look stupid. at it for how to turn on Bluetooth and you throw it away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> For crying out loud, people! You know, no, speaking well, of uh, weird, uh, you know, people that do weird things to their their bodies, you know, like masturbating and things like that. I got, I got a story. Masturbating about a, is not weird. Quit kink shaming. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying there was there was a guy in France in the 1800s that like ended up splitting his dick open, so he had like two penises because he masturbated so much that he developed calluses. And so then, like, he cut himself open and got, like, a stick in there because then he could get feeling back. And then he lost the stick in his dick and then he died. So we can kink shame that guy all we want. (laughs) 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 Holy shit. That was rough. Uh, Literally. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people surgically splitting their hot dog in two. (laughs) I don't know why you would, but, you know, to each their own. (laughs) Holy shit. But, 
Yeah. How do you even get back on topic from that? <laughs> well, <laughs> we're going to try. We're going to try. So, yeah, I think that concludes the news. <laughs> you can't top that story at this moment. So, like we that mentioned. That was five Boinkins right there. Yeah, that was. We're going to give it a sixth Boinkin. Just don't put them inside your body cavities. <laughs> Boinkins are for external use only. So, like we mentioned at the end of episode 73, when we finished with that story of the green children of Woolpit. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be digging deeper into the world of the we folk, or the Huldeferk, or hidden people. That means fairies, trolls, leprechauns, fays, and gnomes, that kind of stuff. And we started digging deeper, and we had so much fun looking at stuff just about gnomes. You could probably fill an episode just about that, and that's what we're going to do. Um and it's actually coincidentally still November, guys and gals. So it's just appropriate that we just do one episode about gnomes. So take off your tinfoil hats and put on those pointy red caps because this is Cryptid Encounter 6, The Gnomes. Sorry. <laughs> now, those are munchkins, right? Yeah, munchkins, gnomes, little people. <laughs> oh, my God. Go sit in the fucking <laughs> corner and think about what you just did. <laughs> I was like, wait, isn't this the munchkins? And I was like, and I, I was just yeah. sitting here in my head. I was like, Preston's going to say something about a midget. He's going to fucking say it. He fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, gnomes, what the hell are they? They're not munchkins for starters. <laughs> First off, out of all the cryptids we're doing, to me, this yeah. is the one I'm like, okay, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, I just don't. like. I, to me, they're nothing more than a lawn ornament. <laughs> you're not, oh, so you're not enthralled. I'm not. You're, so not, you're not on the edge of your seat waiting to hear the tales that we have to tell? Right. Well, I mean, you need to get me hyped. That is your job. That you, Bitch, I'm going to get you so hyped you're, you're going to be sitting on top of your cell phone. You're the uh, – what's his name? Steve Jobs. Rest in peace. <laughs> Steve you gotta Jobs. Get me hyped for this, you got to get me hyped for this Gnomes 2.0. Well, we will, dude. <laughs> we, we're going to get you all excited for the new iGnome 9. <laughs> um, so first of all, before we get into it too far, there is a wonderful Dutch book out there called Leven en Werken van Kabuter which simply means gnomes in English. And it's a book written by Will Hegan and illustrated by Ryan Portliviat. And it serves as a really great field guide to gnomes. And if you ever get a chance, you really have to check out the book, if nothing else, for the fucking tongue-in-cheek jokes and the artwork alone is just outstanding. You read this book? I, I did, yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, it was written in Dutch originally back in 1976 and then again mass-produced in English in 1977. Um, I've always thought gnomes were really awesome, um, no matter what Stephen says. Um, I actually have seen a couple of this book in the wild. Um, once I found a second edition signed copy at an antique store, and I'm kicking myself I didn't buy it. Uh, so that would have been from, probably from like 1978 or 1980 maybe. Um, and then again, when we lived at the apartments out in El Dorado out of uh, River Road, 
Um, my buddy Austin, who lived behind us, uh, was a huge gnome fanatic and actually had a more modern pressing of this book. And it's just a fantastic book. Is this the All- first time this gnome has been talked about, of this book that he made? No, it it is so mass uh, – I shouldn't say mass produ- – it's mass produced. No, I'm saying it like back so- in 1976 was – was the, when that when the gnome craze started or were gnomes known – like is it a cryptid that has been like – Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, gnomes have been a pretty popular uh, folklore per se all over Europe for the last two, three, four hundred years. Mm-hmm. Probably back even before that, I think way back into at least the 18 – Hundreds, seventeen hundreds, I think. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it goes yeah. way back, and um, we're all pretty familiar with gnomes. The traditional gnome you've seen all over yards and lawns and gardens and everything else. But the gnome itself has deep, deep roots in all of the European countries and the U.S. as well because of our European roots. And in one form of another, every country has one or every main continent has a gnome of some kind. And you can trace them back so far and also in pop culture. But Steve, because you're not so familiar with gnomes, let me get into them a little bit more. And let me let me add real quick to Steve – that in the, the the 60s and the 70s when like LSD and mushrooms were being like you know heavily used that there are just report after report after report that anybody who used one of those two substances always encountered a gnome or a small dwarf like creature during that high mhm 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 mm-hmm. yes sir that indeed god you guys know a lot about gnomes <laughs> Dude, we know so much about gnomes that I'm gonna actually get on Wikipedia real quick so I don't uh, fuck up your fuck knowledge. Up. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I thought I put this in here, but I and didn't. real quick, oddly enough, uh, in uh, the there is like this lore legend that where we get the modern rendition of the little yard gnomes that everybody puts in their gardens. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So back in like the, the the late 1700s, early 1800s, in like your you know the 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 rich part of like London, you had all the you know the 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 aristotic people who they were just kind of bored with life because they were so rich, and so they developed this thing <clears throat> where they would find a homeless person and basically build them a small hut or like a little shack in their backyard, and they would go out every day and look at this this bum, and then they're like, dude, his life is shit. <laughs> and that little bit of sadness gave them something to look forward to. Like it brought life back into him. Huh. So this wow. author had the- theorized that that's where we get the modern rendition of the garden gnome because of this practice that the, the uber rich in England practice. Of so then like when that's sh- in their backyard, when that shit happens huh. in uh, movies, like, you know, like what's the trading places like, you know, yeah, they yeah. trade, they tra- that, that's why. It's so the movies are so uh, popular. Because you you get to see, hell, I mean, any movie you watch that has any kind of like struggle, kind of puts your own life into perspective and shit. Yeah, that's very we, true. We all got a little gnome in us, boys. <laughs> uh, so okay, so gnomes go back at least back to 1616, um, and then really take flight in the 19. Uh, I'm sorry, in the 1700s. But to answer your question, Steve, what kind of modernized them, um, there was a German artist by the name of Philip Gabriel or – I'm sorry, Griebel perchance. I think it's been translated a little bit differently because I read it as Gabriel. But Philip Griebel, um, 
he used to make gnome statues and those took off and that's what really gave everybody the popular, you know, lawn gnome that we saw because yeah. this dude bought like 20, 21 of these statues from this dude and brought them back to England and stuck them in his uh, garden. And that's what really kind of made the garden gnome really popular. So there we go. But anyway, back at it. First of all, different cultures have different names that they call these things. Scandinavia calls them the Taunty. The Netherlands know them as the Kabouters or Kabouters. And Germany knows them as gnomes, just pronounced in German. But they actually have like one granddaddy gnome called Zerubazal, which is a He's mountain the goat. gnome. <laughs> it's the goat, yeah. The gnome of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they have the Rubazal, which is the Lord of the Underworld, who is sometimes described as the mountain gnome who wanders the mountain forest. Okay, I want to hang out with that dude. Yeah, hell yeah. So um, the English also call them garden gnomes or red caps, but we'll discuss red caps a little bit more. So, Steve, traditionally, gnomes are only about 15 centimeters tall. You don't know the metric system, so that's about six inches. Thanks for breaking that down for me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> so they're, uh, the last... so they're, they're dick size is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean average, sure. Um, <laughs> however, on some cases, they've been reported to be two to three feet tall. They're said to possess superhuman strength, agility, and are very cunning, rivaled with the mentality of You basically of just described the dicks. Am I right, boys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to cue some cricket noises. <laughs> uh, they're very cunning, rivaled with the mentality and cunningness of pixies and fairies, and they make very easy friends with forest animals. They're very, very human-like in appearance. They have Caucasian-colored skin, usually dressed in the token blue, red, or green button-down shirts, brown trousers, and pointy red hats. Men traditionally sport long white beards, and the ladies will usually have long hair pulled back into ponytails or long braids. They're said to be predominantly male. <clears throat> They're said to be a predominantly male populated race with a ratio of res- uh, roughly two males to one female. But the males are a lot of times bachelors and live on their own. Or they inhabit caves or uh, – caves. I just said caves. Caves or even underground deep dwellings guarding treasures. Females will only bear children once, commonly as a set of twins. Now, they're usually forest dwellers who prefer to live in underground huts, hidden in the woods, or in underground burrows. They're very secretive in nature, Steve, seldomly making their existence known to humans. Unless it's a dire emergency, like they were caught in a man-made force, like an animal trap or a cage or have been injured and been discovered by humans. We all, or prefer, sometimes a, we all prefer – What's that? We all prefer our gnomes free range here. <laughs> right. <laughs> there have been some instances where they've gotten into people's houses or cottages and been entrapped in toasters or ovens. So sometimes – if there has been direct human interference, like needing their aid to be freed, they're said to bring good fortune to the human or house that helped them. Although not like a genie would do that. Um, they're usually in good spirits, although if you cross them or take advantage of them, they're said to be very mischievous and even vengeful in some cases. Now, here's where the magic happens, Steve. Because they are said to be oh, able to manipulate oh, matter, and in magic. some cases... 
<laughs> they're said to be able to manipulate matter and in some cases plants. And they're able to conceal their appearance to humans if they have no other choice in order to hide themselves from humans who may have seen them. They can disguise themselves as mushrooms or toadstools out in a yard. So they're very nocturnal by nature. But if you catch one out in the daytime and if it sees you before you see it, it will appear to be no more than a mushroom growing in your yard. So next time you think about kicking the cap off a mushroom, think twice. And they're said to get along with most forest spirits. However, they are mortal enemies with trolls. And that book I mentioned earlier, the gnome book, that is said to be the inspiration for our favorite cartoon growing up, David the Gnome. And you never heard art- of this cartoon. You never seen? You never heard of David the Gnome? I'm looking him up. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, he had a he had a fox named Swift that he rode. And he's always trying to outsmart trolls because trolls eat gnomes and torture gnomes. Is this a movie or a TV show? Uh, it's a cartoon. Popular back in probably, what, the 80s? Early 90s? Steve was too busy watching He-Man. 85. I didn't watch a lot of that stuff growing up, guys. Yeah. Yep, we went from 85 to 88. Two yep. seasons. Two seasons, Morty. Reruns, reruns, reruns. So in many cases, garden gnomes are a helping creature that oftentimes aid humans by running around and tending their gardens. There's stories about helpful house gnomes and yard gnomes that go back for centuries. But all that's boring in comparison for what we have here. I had to give you the background, Steve. Now let me wow you. Let Preston Ooh. amaze you with our tales of gnomes. You might call it nomenclature. Ooh, I see what you did there. I'll see myself out. So there's one specific case or encounter that happened somewhat recently involving a mass encounter of several gnomes that's so out of this world crazy that I thought we should start things off with it. Okay. Have either of you heard of the particular case of Walleton Park? Nope. Preston, you may remember it once I get into it. Okay. But let me let me get after it. So jump in your way back machine, guys, and we'll get after it right now. October 29th, 1979, Nottingham, England. Six school kids were out exploring the grounds of an old castle on a field trip. They're mucking around, running through the grass, doing things that kids did back in the, you know, the late 70s, probably getting high. And they came across this fenced-in area off towards the woods. And just like any other kid would do, they ignored the sign that said keep out, and they thought, oh, what the hell, we're bored. Let's go see what's in this fenced-in area. Are they holding hands so, and skipping at the same time? I would assume. Um, so you've already, <laughs> first off, you've already uh-huh. said your one thing. You said late 70s, they're probably high, school kids, uh-huh, uh-huh, probably uh-huh. on acid, yeah. some of the hallucinogenic, yeah. and they're going to see little <clears throat> gnomes. But go on. Right, yeah. Right. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so and and these kids I might add are around ten years old. So, so probably not LSD, they were probably just doing mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, they probably know gnomes. Yeah, they fucking ate gnomes. See right? this sign? Fuck this sign. We're gonna go down here in the swamp. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> so they decided to jump the fence and they had no idea what they were about to witness. Upon entering the Finston area and jumping down into the kind of muddy, grassy area, 
They claimed that they could hear these strange bells, like the chiming of different bells in the distance. And after which they came across a group of dozens of tiny little men with pointy hats that were about half their height that had deeply wrinkled, you know, gnarled up faces and big long white beards with kind of a red ginger tip. And they said the hats almost looked like nightcaps that you would wear to sleep over there in England uh, with little baubles on the ends. And their clothing was composed of yellow and green tights, blue shirts. But what was the weirdest of all is the creatures were driving in miniature bubble-shaped cars. They had no steering wheels. <laughs> they had a bell. <laughs> Silly. Come on, Preston. <laughs> a little bubble shape. Whee! Yes. <laughs> uh, strangest of all is that the kids said the cars they drove didn't have steering wheels, had bells instead of, instead of horns. Oh, my God. And the engines made no sound at all. Yet these little bubble cars zipped and sped around at high speeds. And they said that they could jump over and evade even the highest of obstacles in this little garden area. These kids are fucking high. There's no. (laughs) So this sounds like you're describing a fucking a scene out of a shitty, not even B-rated movie. Just like (laughs) just somebody shot some shit, some cheap ass special effects on fucking premiere. Adobe we Plus couldn't afford whatever. steering wheels, so we put just little bells in there. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ling, 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 ling. So the kids said, all in all, they would each guess that there were nearly 30 of these unusual vehicles zipping around, each with up to two gnomes at a time riding inside. The gnomes were laughing joyously, gleefully whizzing about, and even on some occasions chasing the kids. They would dive bomb the kids or chase them until the kids ran and jumped back over the fence. The kids watched the gnomes for about 15 minutes and then got really freaked out, as you do. <laughs> Why did it take 15 so, minutes? I know. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Had to wait for that lean to kick in. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at that point, after, you know, the funness wore off, they probably thought, what in the sweet fuck is going on? So they all jumped the fence for the last time, turned tailed, and escapes. Uh, escaped. And as the kids ran away, they could hear the gnomes cheering and laughing behind them playfully. <laughs> but they said what was strangest of all, the gnomes would not pass the Finston area. It's like a scene of a fucking Krampus, dude. This is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> they said it was almost like there was an invisible force field preventing the gnomes to go past the Finston area. Um, they ran back, told their teachers and professors what they saw. But, of course, nobody believed them. But what is interesting among anything else, the school headmaster sat down and interviewed all six of the kids. Each of their stories were written down independently, and all stories matched each other. So it makes you wonder if they really saw what they saw, or if it was just mass hysteria brought on by swamp gas. Good old swamp gas. It's always that swamp gas from Uranus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's 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 funny. The only thing about Shit. their 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 stories matching, that's pretty hard for children to do, let alone adults. That's the that's the kicker. That's yeah. the real kicker. There is, but like um, I could totally see. I mean, swamp swamps have some crazy fumes, man. Uh-huh, like, that shit uh-huh, will make uh-huh. you trip. But well, like, and what's interesting here too is, it's it's a little bit like an alien abduction kind of case, isn't it? Because you've got tons of little creatures flying around in cars around children. 
So it's argued that this case may not have been really gnomes. It may have been creatures from another planet or another dimension. But that's not what we're here to talk about, damn it. And we're not here to talk about little bubble cars with bearded people riding around giggling, are we? Mm -mm. No, because we're here for the real what-the-fuck stories. So that's what we're going to do. Because, Steve, not all gnomes are nicey-nice. Sometimes they're tending our gardens or teaching us how to make wooden shoes. And doing the bad touch. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it never says in the story if the kids were shown a, a gnome doll and told where to show them where the gnomes touched them. <laughs> in some cases, the encounters with gnomes or gnome-like creatures are far more terrifying and farther from the cute ones these kids encountered in the bubble cars. So fast forward up to about 2008 or 2009, okay? We're going to be in Porterville, California. A woman named Tammy moves into a house by herself with her three children. It's kind of a farmhouse out near the Tool River. Soon after moving in, Tammy starts to feel like when she's outside working in the garden or mowing, she feels like something's watching her from afar. And she says she gets a really uneasy feeling because there are these two old barns or sheds on the property of this farm. One of them is fine, but the other one gives her the real creeps. And for some reason, she notices after living there for a while, none of the animals on the farm seem to get near the old rickety building. And then she notices, coincidentally, after being there for a couple months or so, a lot of her ducks start disappearing and her chickens soon kind of just, you know, vanish. Critters. And she can't figure (laughs) – right, it's the crites from critters. Um, You're not far from the truth there, Steve. She was soon going to have an idea why, though. One night, Tammy and her son were bringing some groceries in from their latest trip to the market when, as they're unloading groceries from the car, they see this weird movement out of the corner of their eyes, kind of zipping back and forth and back and forth, and they can't tell what the fuck it is. So thinking nothing of it, she goes back out to the car, grabs a bag of groceries, and then she hears this weird, freaky, kind of like evil, dry chuckling or kind of this weird like (laughs) raspy, yeah, raspy giggling. (laughs) Looking in her direction where the noise is coming from, she notices about 50 yards from her house some small humanoid looking creature, but she describes it later as a gnome. Mac from Mac and Mac. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, She said the figure is about two to three feet in height. He had black baggy pants on a gold-colored shirt. Its face was covered partially in a long salt and peppery beard, which means, you know, black and, or, I'm sorry, a gray and white beard. And on top of its head was a long pointed red hat. But she said the nose was huge, bulbous almost, and the eyes were very deep set and beady and black, black as night. The figure grinned at them, And then Tammy noticed then that the smile went from ear to ear and the mouth was full of long, jagged, rotting teeth. So she fucking (laughs) – Shout out. (laughs) Uh, Horrified, she drops the groceries, grabs her son and just bolts for the house. Meanwhile, she can hear this thing running through the grass towards her just cackling and giggling just hot on their tail. So she was able to get inside the house, throw her kid in, told her two other daughters to stay inside, and then she locks the door, looks over, and sees this thing's fucking pointy red hat bobbing up and down under the windows in the kitchen. 
So this thing's trying to get in, but it's so tiny. All she can do is see the pointed tip of the hat. <laughs> it's kind of bobbing up and down. Hey, hey, yeah. Let me in, lady. Yeah. And she can hear kind of like this heavy breathing and this kind of like grunting and giggling. And she says after a little while, the figure disappears and she was able to go back outside cautiously, get the groceries, bring him inside. And that was the only time she said she ever saw the creature, but she could hear him creepily chuckling. And it seemed like a lot of times the laughing was coming from the direction of that creepy old barn. And she said she never saw it again after that, but she could tell it was always taunting her by messing with things in her yard and always chuckling whenever she was outside. But she could never see where it was coming from. And so this is a part of the story, typically, Steve, where we say, to this day, she never figured out what happened. And it's pretty much true for Tammy. But coincidentally, she's not the only person that saw the little red-headed bastard on the property. Because in March of 2010, a separate family moved into the same house on the same property next to the Tula River. According to the wife, her name is Charlie. When they moved in, it's a typical story. It's the perfect place for them to raise a family, plenty of land. There's a pond out back. The husband falls alarm, falls in love with it. He puts up fairies and gnome statues and toadstools. He stocks the pond full of koi fish. And after they've been there for a while, they start to get that same creepy feeling. Most of all, from that one old barn on the property. So they just kind of avoided it, thinking, oh, whatever, it's rotting, it's falling over. The wind is blowing the door open and shut, open and shut. It's just going to fall over one day, so just fucking leave it alone. Yeah. So Charlie began taking her daughters and the dogs to the river in the afternoons. They'd go on walks. The dogs loved the water. The girls enjoyed, you know, throwing sticks for them to chase after. But one day when Charlie's out, you know, just mucking around with the kids, she thinks she hears her husband shouting for her. And she says, I heard my husband calling my name from the house, she said. He sounded kind of frantic and it worried me. So I gathered up the girls and the dogs and we ran as fast as you can with two two two-year-olds and hurried back to the house. But as they uh, went past the rickety old structure, the rickety old shack, she said she noticed her dogs got really, really defensive. And she says that um, when they got about even with the shack as they were passing it, the dogs went crazy. They started barking and snarling. The hair on their back was standing up and something told her to run even faster. So as they're running for the house, she picks up both kids and just takes off for the house. But what's weird is when they got inside, she slams the door shut behind her, locks it out of fear of whatever the hell was in that barn. But then her husband wasn't home. She said he was nowhere in the house. And so she calls his phone, but he wasn't home. He was still on his way back from work. And then her thoughts went right back to the shack. Something in that shack is fucking with me. So, like I said earlier, there's two big shacks on the property. One is okay. One is super fucking creepy. So, one night, uh, the husband says, After we had been here for a week or so, I started noticing that none of the animals would go near the shack. The dogs, the stray cats, the wildlife just gave that shack a wide open berth and would never even get close to it when passing it. One day, uh, Charlie and her husband were out doing yard work when they heard a really strange commotion. They said it sounded like a cat was in a fight with something bigger than it was, shrieking and, you know, uh, growling and hissing and everything else. 
So her husband went inside the house, grabbed a flashlight, and took off towards the shack. Just as he got to the door, the noise stopped. He went inside and looked around with a flashlight, and as he turned back out of the shed, something in the corner of his eye caught his attention. Something was moving around like it was struggling to breathe. So something in the corner was just gasping for air and gurgling blood. He and shines one. F- what? And I said, and that's when he said, Give the <laughs> 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 Oh, good old Preston and his dollar store soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he shined the flashlight in the corner of the shack, and there it was a cat. Charlie said her husband ran out of the shack and thought he was going to be sick. After a few deep breaths and a little dry heaving, he said, okay. And then he hollers at his wife and says what he saw. There was a cat inside the shack, but it looked like it had gotten into the into a fight with a meat grinder. It was totally skinned on one side, and its neck looked like something had taken a huge chunk out of it. Once he caught his breath and told his wife what he saw, he went back inside to check on the cat, but it was gone. He said, there's no way the cat moved by itself. We're standing right there, and next thing you know, it's gone. Where did the cat go? Steve, where'd the cat go? Uh, I think that motherfucker ate it. (laughs) Which is sad, because cats are awesome. That's true. One night, around 3 a.m., a few days later, Charlie and her husband were awoke by the sound that they could only describe as a raspy, gurgling singing. Charlie and her husband looked out the window, and they saw something that defied their reality. Standing at the pond, holding one of the garden gnomes, was a creature that came straight out of a Grimm's fairy tale. The creature was was two to three feet tall, wearing maroon pants, a baggy yellow shirt, brown vest, and a dark waistcoat. It had a large gray beard and was wearing a reddish-brown pointed hat. Charlie goes on to say the horrible part of the creature was the eyes and teeth. When it grinned, the teeth appeared to be jagged and pointed, and the eyes were again small and beady and had a very dark, mean look to them. So apparently the creature then noticed the couple, and it reached into the pond, grabbed a koi fish, and just swallowed it whole. Furious, Charlie's husband pushed open the window and yelled at the creature to leave his yard or he's going to call the police. The gnome grinned, it laughed, and then gave them the finger (laughs) before it trotted back off into the dark tree line. Police were called, they were notified of... of, The police were called and then notified of an intruder being on the property. But when they got there about an hour later, the only evidence (laughs) that was found were small footprints about the size of a child's around the pond. The child. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, the child. Now, this isn't the only time they saw the gnome on the yard. Night after night, they could see it standing out by the pond, holding an ornament from the lawn and eating fish. The family wisened up, put the ornaments inside, drained the fish, put them in a tank, and emptied the pond. Apparently, this didn't go over very well with the gnome, because every night around 3 a.m., the gnome would show up. Once he saw the yard ornaments and the fish had been removed, it went into a crazy frenzy and began yelling and screaming in some language they didn't understand. But all they knew was this thing was piss. This thing was pissed. 
the family felt safe. And- <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So this thing's running around outside fucking screaming and cussing and, you know, throwing middle fingers up in the air. And the family's just watching it throw this fucking temper tantrum. And they said they felt okay because they're like, you know what? We're in the house. This thing's two feet tall. We're going to be just fine. Then they realized that the doggy door in the kitchen was unlocked and they feared the creature would try to enter the house through that. Uh, unfortunately, that's where the story kind of ends. She ran over, locked the doggy door. It never got in. Um, they last, <laughs> the last they heard of the creature was loud screeching, crackling, cackling, and they heard it underneath the living room window. Man, and the then, motherfucker was just hungry, just wanted some fish. Yeah, isn't that weird? Fucking little meth gnome just needed a friend. Know, yeah. Man, it's so bullshit. Yep. So that's kind of where that story ends. And so I have to ask you, Steve, what exactly was that strange little asshole with a taste for flipping people off and eating cats? Sounds like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I fully support the flipping people off. That's great. Right. So it's a gnome, but more specifically, it's a diminutive, twisted little creature called a red cap. Red caps come from English folklore and were said to be a type of malevolent, murderous fairy that mostly inhabited ruined castles um, found along the border between England and Scotland. And different tales tell the <laughs> different stories tell the tale of how red caps got their name. These creatures, fuck if I could talk. I need to take a drink of this Lacroix, boys. Red caps come fucker now. Right. Red caps come from English folklore and were said to be a type of malevolent murderous fairy that mostly inhabited ruined castles found along the border between England and Scotland. These little creeps were said to be fond of murdering any traveler who was foolish enough to stray into their habitats or land. Red caps get their name from the practice of dyeing their hats with the blood of their victims be it foolish travelers or the occasional stray animal like a squirrel or a cat or a dog. They were said to have the appearance of old men with red or black eyes, large jagged teeth. So they're pretty much the old dirty bastards of the gnome species. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what's interesting. Gnomes typically are, like I said, just about average sized six inches. But... People report seeing taller ones, two to three feet tall. These are more of a hybrid creature, oftentimes the spawn of a crossbreeding between gnomes and trolls. So they're the BBC of the gnome world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes if a troll were to catch a gnome, it would kill the male, but then uh, basically uh, do unmentionable things to the females. And then you'd have these offspring that were, you know, about two to three feet tall. Um, they were gnomes in spirit, but took on the uh, physical appearance of trolls, little ugly bastards. So, hmm. yep. Now here's, here's something that's very interesting though. How the hell do you get creatures being sighted in California when these things are most commonly from like English and German yeah. and Scandinavian folklore, right? Well, just like they everything else over on the Mayflower, <laughs> Maybe, Preston, it's not quite the Mayflower, but it is something that we've talked about before, dealing with Tibetan beliefs. Ooh. Would you believe if I told you 
Gnomes may be the product of Tibetan Buddhism and the act of tulpamancy. Well, man, that should have been the name of our shows. Tulpas, Tull Shoes, and Gnomes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Damn. But yeah, basically gnomes have been said to potentially be in existence because simply we won't quit fucking talking about them. Because the idea, again, of a tulpa is a thought form. You think of a creature or something, a spirit. into existence. Yeah, you think it into existence, right? So gnomes could be on this plane because we just won't quit talking about them and fantasizing about them, decorating our yards with them and everything else. So in true fashion, Preston, you've got more weird shit that you've come across in your travels um, from the show and also before we started recording because that's just what we do. So why not lay it on us, man? Take the wheel. I'll trade you seats and you drive us around for a while. So my my section is titled Catskill Mountain Gnomes, Drunken Gnome Parties and Other Evil Little Bastards. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's how that's how I'm going to lay it on you. So the the Catskill gnomes, um, this is very popular, like American folklore, and then very popular Native American folklore. These gnomes were short humanoids with long beards, and the description is kind of racist because it says they had eyes like pigs, so they were called the pig eyes. But they were also intelligent creatures and were considered ancient by the times European had arrived in the areas of the Catskills. How is that racist? Because you're calling them pig eyes. Well, I guess. I mean, I I can go into more. I thought you were going to drop the N word or something. No, I'm just (laughs) like, you know how like, you know, like, like slant eyes, Junos, like pig eyes, like it's kind of racist. Okay. Gotcha. That's never heard of pig eyes as a, as a term. Is that the thing? Steven, even bigotry bleeds into the fairy kingdom. Yeah. True. (laughs) <laughs> no hashtag gnome rights. All right, right. come on. <laughs> so now the Catskill gnomes had a camp, and it appeared on Earth only periodically, like once every twenty six years or so. Now some tales said that it would happen every year, but the rest of the tales said that it would only happen on the years that there was an Indian summer. So like the the Indian summer was what they would call like a very warm autumn. And so, like, you know, fall didn't happen. You know, it was hot as balls all the way up until winter. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they called it um, or, you know, it was hot was because when the gnomes appeared, their forges that they were working in heated up the area, causing that autumn to be hot. And so Indian summers only happen like once in a blue moon. Um, so I'm going to go with it. It wasn't every year, but it was, you know, the once every 26 years when they had this fable Indian summer that these, these gnomes would show up. And, uh, in addition to the forges, which the gnomes used in their metal workings, the Catskills gnomes were notorious for their Elderic ale, which was a liquor that was made from mountain spring water and then various secret ingredients. Like gnome the piss? Fi- yeah, like gnome piss. And the finishing touch of this strange brew was the submersion of an ingot of the gnome's mystic metal in each tub of the of the beverage. So they would just, you know, take like a little sliver of their gnome metal and, you know, brew it in the in the ale. Hmm. So a touch of tetanus. Yeah, touch of tetanus. <laughs> now anyone who dared no visit this Yeah. <laughs> any anyone who visited this camp um during uh, the brief visit 
of the of the in, Indian summer were welcome to their nightly celebrations. However, if you you know partook in the in the gnome drink, it's kind of like the fairy folklore. If you eat, you know, their food that they offer you, oh. you're kind of trapped in their in their realm. So anybody who was like you know had a you know had a hangover and it was in a drunken stupor by the time that the the the, the camp disappeared. They would be stuck in gnome realm until the camp reappeared like 26 years later. And so there's all these weird yeah. tales of people just kind of showing back up in time. Like they're, they're like, holy That's crap, you've been missing. <laughs> Jerry, you've been missing for 27 years. Where have you been? And they're like, oh, man, it's one hell of a hangover. <laughs> Jerry's six centimeters yeah. tall with a fucking pointy hat. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and, and I've talked about this this story briefly with Sean. But, Steve, have you ever heard of the of Henry Hudson's encounter with the mountain gnomes and their booze? Mm-mm. Do you even know who Henry Hudson is? Mm, no, but Google will tell me real quick. Yeah, Google uh, Henry Hudson there, buddy. All right. <laughs> so while you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on for the rest of you. So oh, yeah, that's the dude uh, with, the, with the doily cloth around his neck. The dude with the, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Henry Hudson. The, he's the English explorer, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got that like who, he's got that weird like neck scarf. It's like a doily rag. An ass. That's who we, That's who they. Yeah, that's who they named the the Hudson River after. Was well, the thing around his neck's terrible? Yeah, well, you know, like, how are you going to go exploring with that thing? Like, it's got to get dirty. <laughs> he's got a trunk full of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he just throws it away in the rivers. <laughs> oh, don't need this one uh, no more. So, September third, sixteen oh nine, Henry Hudson was sailing his ship called the Half Moon up the Great New York River. And uh, he was looking for the fabled Northwest Passage to the Orient. And so there they are, you know, they're floating up river. Days go by and they they finally make it all the way to Albany. And at this point, Hudson's like, fuck, man, I think we're lost. Like, not today, boys. And that's when they realize, like, they're not going to find this fabled passage. So they turn the half moon around and now they're sailing back down the river. And later that night... His crew anchored the half moon in the shadow of the Catskill Mountains. And around midnight, they started to hear like music and dancing, and they could see, you know, in the background, like firelight and all this noise. And so they're like, well, sh- shit, we got to go figure out what the fuck's going on. And so as they're going through the, you know, the forest, the music's getting louder and louder. And then all of a sudden, bam, they come upon a group of pygmies with long bushy beards, eyes like pigs, and they were dancing and singing and capering about in the firelight. So, you know, Hudson's like, well, fuck it, let's join this party. Sounds lit, fam. Yeah, and uh, so him and his him and his men were playing nine pin with the gnomes, which is some type of game from back in the day. Probably bowling, the, Preston. Yeah. And so then uh, the gnomes started offering uh, the, uh, you know, the men their, their gnome brew, and they were having a merry old time. Now, Hudson wasn't a drinker, uh, so he, you know, stay away from the, the gnome brew. But uh, the, the gnome chief and Hudson were just having like a good old talk about history and things like that. And so after, you know, hours of shooting the shit Hudson turns back around and realizes like all of his fucking men are gone he's like what the what the what the fuck where'd they all go and then he realized that his you know Jerry his first mate uh, was that little fucking gnome dancing by the fire and then he started looking around 
and realized little Billy was over there, little Frankie was over there, and holy shit, all of his men had turned into the pig eyes from drinking the booze, and he was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So, you know, he grabs up all of his little gnome shipmates in his arms and he's running through the, the, the forest back to his ship and they, uh, <laughs> dropping they a couple off. on the way. Yeah, dropping a couple on the way. And then the next morning when they, when he woke back up, you know, his crew had turned back into their normal selves and they all had a really bad hangover. And then, um, Hudson decides a couple of years later to go ahead and take another trip up, up the river to try to find this, you know, this fable passage. He gets lost and, uh, they're, you know, they're stuck up in the, you know, in Canada when the, like the winters hit and they're all like, you know, dying of frostbite and, you know, Arctic conditions. And so the men's maroon them on a rock and they're like, fuck you, Hudson. And nobody ever saw him ever again. So, so the tale was that every 26 years when the Indian summer hits, you can hear the party of the gnomes and you can see the ghost of Henry Hudson and the Catskills parting it back up because they all took part of that drink that their souls are now bound to the, to the gnomes in that area. Are you serious? Yeah. That fucking party was so lit, it fucking haunts the ages. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking rager, boys. Let's do it. God. Yeah. So there you go. It's too good. I'll be damned. That's something the textbooks in school didn't teach you. Yeah. Old Henry Hudson. So now this uh, this next uh, this next tale I found is called uh, The Red Gnome. And it uh, takes place in 1858 when a 138-foot-long, 385-ton wooden brig called the Black Hawk sailed uh, from Presley, Ohio City, and then uh, out to Detroit, Michigan, all the way to Liverpool, England. And it was carried a, a very strange cargo because down in the hold, stowed away among the 19,000 bushels of corn and stained glass and other shit, there was a barrel containing the pickled corpse of something truly terrifying. A pickled gnome! The red gnome. June 1763, British Captain James Darrell and 58 of his officers were followed near the banks of the Detroit River by a small, misshapen, crimson-clad figure with penetrating eyes and a large fang mouth and a hideous scarred face. So several of the soldiers shot at the weird looking figure and, and an old trapper warned Captain Darrell and his men that they were being stalked by what the French settlers had called the Nain Rouge or the Red Gnome, which is a sinister supernatural entity whose appearance foretold misfortune and death. And sure enough, shortly after seeing the Crimson Dwarf, Captain Darrell and his soldiers were ambushed and massacred by an Indian chief, uh, Pontiac, which is probably, you know, old Pontiac cars had an Indian hood ornament on there. So I'm assuming that that's where, you know, the Pontiac car company stole that from (laughs) the the bastards. And uh, the blood of uh, of the stain turned the uh, the tributary of the Detroit River red for days. So this guy is a bad fucking omens. Mm. So decade later, um, Antonio de uh, Mont Cadillac, 
Uh, <laughs> another car company <laughs> uh, was also unlucky enough to see the red gnome. And uh, there it says that the, in 1801, shortly before the, the wooden city of Detroit was destroyed by fire. So it's almost like a little miniature Mothman. And uh, then in the <laughs> War of 1812, the Nain Rouge was seen prowling about the fog. Um, and General William Hull was forced to hand over Detroit to the British troops a day later. So this guy's just kind of fucking bad all the way around. So wow. anyways, later on down the road, you know, the, a, a bunch of, uh, you know, American soldiers um, finally shot and killed the bastard. And they pickled him. And uh, they sent him to on a ship to Liverpool, England, and uh, to a warehouse by Michael Conley. And that was the last time that anybody has ever heard of the Red Gnome. Like, basically, this guy got a hold of the pickled body, and they just kind of got lost in history. Like, nobody knows if this is just some weird bullshit story, or there really is a pickled corpse somewhere of the Red Gnome. <laughs> I like that. I like to. Uh, I like the idea that not only is it a true story, but if you find that certain bar, you can take a shot with that pickled gnome corpse in your shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so over here we do the pickled foot shot, but over in England they do the pickled gnome shot. <laughs> right. Fuck. Yeah. No way. Well, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of drinking and gnomes, we should give a shout out to the local brewery here in Wichita called the Hopping Gnome. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And it's Steve, always hopping. Got, <laughs> shit was hopping, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're always busy. Free popcorn, too, so I was Hell all yeah. in. Yeah, we went to a brewery, and Steve's favorite part was the free popcorn, which I don't blame you, and that's kind of one of my favorite things about that little uh, brewery is. Because everyone, it's not just regular popcorn. Right, Steve tells split, about it. split into two different popcorns in a repop, not an original. I gotta give him a give him a damn. I'm starting a, a repop, uh, fucking popcorn maker. Like some you you know, like it's just, it's really cool. And then one side was cheddar bacon, and the other one was, uh, I think what Parmesan jalapeno or something like that. Yeah, it was Ooh, like shit. a Parmesan cheddar, and then like a bacon. And then the best was to mix them together oh, into yeah. one into one bowl, mix it together. Oh, phenomenal! So good. Yep, shit, uh, shit will change your life. I'm telling you that much. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we have tons of breweries here in Wichita, and my favorite has been always the Hopping Gnome. Um, it's a fantastic little brewery. Uh, Tori and his wife Stacy are both phenomenal people, do a lot for the city, and uh, make some pretty damn good beer. Holy yeah. cow. Matt's, Matt's Wicked Melon uh, was a fantastic little brew that they ran for a little bit. Uh-huh, kind of a uh, seasonal gig, Yeah. The red ass molasses is also a really great one, and then uh, their stout. Um, they had a just like their normal stout that they make is phenomenal. So. They and they have a coffee stout that will make your damn toes curl. Um, I got yeah. lucky once, and Shayla got me a brewer for a day um, pass for my birthday, or yeah, for my birthday once, and I got to go down there and hang out with Tori and Matt, and we just brewed beer, and, and lo and behold, the day I showed up was the day we were making coffee stouts, so yeah, it was, it was pretty badass. Um, for like six to eight hours, we hung out and brewed beer. Yeah, it was loading the hops and everything else, man, it was pretty awesome, and I had a wonderful time, and tried a lot of really good beer. 
So it's a tiny little brewery in comparison to some, but it is always packed. It is always hopping and owned by some pretty phenomenal people, the owners and the staff. I just couldn't say anything better about it. Lots of them. beards and mustaches. Lots of beards. Um, Tori has a very luxurious beard. And um, we tried the pumpkin spiced firkin while mm-hmm, we were there. Mm-hmm. And Steve even said it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I'm not a hoppy guy. <laughs> but it was a good beer. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, Oh, and what's cool about that place too, they actually have pages of that gnome book I mentioned earlier underneath glass on their bar top at their front counter. And you can actually uh, read pages and look at the artwork from that specific book uh, while you're drinking your beer. So pretty freaking keen. Well, I, I think that kind of does it on gnomes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. So their mortal enemies, like we said earlier, are trolls. And trolls are said to turn to stone in the sunlight. That was something I read about gnomes too, is that they are primarily nocturnal because they have the chance to turn into stone if they spend too much time in the sunlight. Hmm. Which is partially kind of the folklore of the lawn gnome in a way, but... It's also said, too, that by having lawn gnomes in your front yard, it helps ward off evil spirits. Like if you have trolls. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> what's the matter? <laughs> That's for the next episode when we talk about little leprechauns. Yeah. But just just <laughs> right? what you just said. Ward off evil spells, evil spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Gnomes are supposed to be good luck charms. You'd put them in your front yard and they would ward off the uh, the evil of gnomes patrolling your neighborhood. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> ward off evil trolls uh, patrolling your neighborhood, uh, evil spells and whatnot. And yeah, some I have to call pull- bullshit on this because, yeah. like, you have some pretty cool lawn gnomes. I've known some other people have some pretty cool lawn gnomes, and they don't ward off any evil people because <laughs> they fucking steal them. It's, that's true. They steal them or they vandalize them. Like that's, that's why I've never bought one. I don't buy anything from outside of my house because if it's cool, it's going to get stolen. We had a gnome disappear. Um, They were doing a ton of construction on the corner of our street. And we had a gnome that was holding a welcome sign on a rope. Uh, We had him disappear. And like two weeks after he disappeared, uh, one of the construction workers walked down to our house and knocked on the door. And Shayla said she answered the door like, "Uh, hello. And he's like, hey, uh, it's kind of weird. And like my boss wanted me to ask you, is this your guys' gnome? So somebody stole that fucking gnome and two weeks later set it in the chair of the crane that was parked at the end of our <laughs> Okay, okay. That's great. That's, that's pretty good. cool. I wasn't even mad yeah. at that point. But she's like, oh, yeah, that's ours. And he's like, like, okay, mad. here you go. I'm actually impressed. And then we put it back out where it was. Two days later, someone stole it again. That's the last time we ever oh. saw it. But. Yeah, kind of a bit of a bummer. But what well, you still got you that do? zombie one I got you, so that's cool. Yeah, I still have the zombie one you got us, and we have another zombie one. But, yeah, gnomes, pretty cool little fellers. And um, mm-hmm. there's something else I was going to say about them, but I forgot. Oh, yes, parting thoughts. Number one, the lawn gnome is said to be a symbol or signal for swingers. Uh, it is said that if a party's going down or people are open to having people over, they'll put a very specific type of lawn gnome on their front porch. To symbolize, yeah, you know, shops open, so to speak. But because I'm not in the know. So Sean and Shayla's got like three of them on their porch. So who knows <laughs> what the time. fuck's going on over there? <laughs> Dinner time. Um, no, I because I'm not in the know, I don't know what which, which gnome goes on the front porch. But yeah, 
fun stuff. And then Preston, I didn't know if you knew this, but there's a David Bowie song called The Laughing Gnome. Really? Yeah. And it sounds a little something like this. Had to listen to that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gnomes, gnomes. There it is. There it was, and there it be. So, Steve, oh, have yeah. we changed your opinion on gnomes? Are you you're like, are you, are you a little bit more excited about them? Or are you like, dude? I like them. the stories. They're they're pretty good. <laughs> I still, it's just it's just one cryptid weird thing. I can't I can't get behind. Like it's just <laughs> I don't know. It's it's what is. Some I can't things. get behind them. They're the size of my dick. I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just so weird. It's just so weird to me. But yeah, they, they're it. they're goofy little creatures, and I I love it, man. I could read stories about Word gnome up. encounters for days. Well, Steve, since you didn't like the gnomes, what do you want to talk about next time? Uh, we're gonna do the the other wee folk. Yeah, some more. Well, you're gonna talk about us. Cool. I'm gonna talk about right? leprechauns. There we go. Do it to it. You do leprechauns. Uh, Presto, what do you want to do, man? I got some like evil, like half gnome, half troll stories where people were attacked by something that was either a troll or like a, you know, like an evil bastard gnome thing. So I think I'm going to do like the troll gnomes, trolls, just trolls. Cool. Troll me. Sounds good. All right, man. Let's just stick to those two. We don't want to have too many, uh, too many cooks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> too many cooks cool all right quickly anybody want to plug anything they're watching right now reading um fuck, what, were we, what were we watching i bought a shitload of movies in black friday so i'm gonna be watching some would say a, too many movies quite now nah, fuck that um <laughs> so i just recently watched um super troopers 2 i know it's like nothing to do with paranormal but it really i really feel bad for them dudes because super troopers 1 is held to such a high high degree by a lot of people and then it just falls in that same realm of you wait too long to do a sequel and then you're forced to live up to an expectation you're never going to succeed and then you run the risk of running rehashing jokes shit like that um so that's where that fell into it's not bad but it it was worth the three bucks i paid for the blu-ray so yeah but other than that um Oh, I finished uh, Hill Hire, Haunting of Hill House. Jesus, yeah. we need to do a spoiler spoiler show of that. Maybe if next maybe if next episode's not too long, we can we do, do a, spoiler town. That, that'd be tight because that show is fucking incredible. And if you've not watched that, you need to watch it. It's unbelievable how awesome it is. Oh yeah, um, Netflix show by the way. Yep. And um, yeah, it's basically all I've been. Uh, Corey donated to me all the uh, Walking Dead comics. Oh yeah, like, hell yeah! Fucking massive collection. So I'm going to be reading, catching up on that. I have I quit reading. I think it's about episode 100. So gotcha. I've got the rest of a, it pretty much. Got a lot of lore so, there, champ. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! Um, I texted you guys earlier. Shayla and I just started watching tonight uh, a really awesome British show called Sick Note. And if it's not enough reason that it's British to watch it, it's got Rupert Grint uh, from Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and it's also got Nick Frost in it. And uh, just a quick rundown of that show. Basically, uh, Rupert plays a kid or a guy who um, is sick and is told he has cancer. And Nick Frost plays the oncologist who basically says, hey, buddy, you have cancer. 
and we're only three episodes in and it's fucking great. It's so good. And uh, they get into some really strange hijinks and it's kind of a dark comedy because it's got some pretty uh, fucked up shit in it. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I saw it. And and if you get on there like like we did, because I just discovered it like yesterday, I think I added to my list. And then yeah. Sean was like, oh, look this. And I was like, but it's not new. It's got two seasons. Yeah, but, it started in 2017 on yeah. Sky One over in uh, the UK, which is kind of like their like main one of their one of their main broadcasting yeah. channels, right? Yeah, and then the Netflix just bought the basically just bought it out. Probably, I don't know. It's still ongoing, so maybe they did. I hope they did. Weird, because it says Netflix original on on the top. Okay, cool. So maybe Netflix did yeah. buy it then. Maybe they yeah. bought it after uh, the season one. But yeah, guys, check it out. It's fantastic. It's so charming and and dark. And there's it's no not, laugh track, so you can choose to laugh yeah, when you want to laugh. Which is great. And I know that Rupert Grant, like, he doesn't really like acting as much anymore. So he only does, like, real, like, artsy. Yeah, kind of like Elijah Woods. Like, he does yeah. the projects he wants to do. Yeah, like, yeah. Because, I mean, oh, let's shit, be honest, those kids made, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you get fucking Harry Potter money or Lord of the Rings money, you ain't got to do a damn thing else in your life. I mean, no, fucking Elijah fucking Woods video games now. Give free ice cream, Rupert. Yeah, I'm thinking about <laughs> picking up that Elijah Woods video game. That that'd be good because it's a it's a paranormal VR game called Transference. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, check it out. It's supposed to be pretty cool. Uh, Preston, you watching anything recently? No, nah, I've just been too busy with Fallout 76 to do anything else with my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've played that. This is the most he's much. played, yeah. Forever. I know. Hell yeah, it's good stuff. All right, guys, let's plug some stuff. Steven, you want to plug anything, sir? Um, you can check out our Instagram at p x l p x l p a r a n o r m a l, right? Yeah, p x l paranormal. Yep, there you go. And uh, you check out our Instagram; we're pretty popping on there. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Just type Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. You'll find us on there as well, and Twitter. But but Instagram, I think I like Instagram for it's more personable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Visual, oh, yeah. visual. It's it's a lot. It's just a lot easier to manage, and it's more social. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's awesome. I love it. Hopefully, old man uh, Preston will get on. <laughs> yeah, eventually, <laughs> one of these days he'll get on there. But yeah, I love it, man. And uh, speaking of shoutouts, check out a newer podcast called Fear and Fame. Fear and Fame. Um, speaking of Instagram, we've been having um, quite a few chats with uh, with them, with the ladies from Fear and Fame, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's cool to connect uh, with another podcast that's a little bit uh, smaller. You know, we're not like the big dogs like Last Podcast or mm-hmm. uh, My Favorite Murder. But uh, yeah, you know what? It's cool to connect and to swap stories and everything else. And they they have a great podcast, so check them out. It's a lot of fun, Fear and Fame. Their newest episode, which we should be um – all of us, you know, should be able to listen to that by that time. Uh, they're actually going over the strange death of River Phoenix and oh, yeah. talking about some of Lorraine and Ed Warren stuff. So they're a little Shit, paranormal yeah. there for you. Boom shakalaka. No, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, they, uh, they're in the very same – cut from the same cloth as us, I think. So mm-hmm. check them out. And then also, guys, there's a really cool podcast. It's called Craft Beer. <laughs> um, I believe it was – I forget what they were called beforehand, but uh, right now they're called Craft Beer from the Maniverse. Check them out. We got a chance to meet one of their hosts, uh, Evan, whenever we were down in uh, – He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good dude. We got a chance to meet him down in Kentucky – 
and uh, spent some time with him whenever we were down visiting Rob. And solid dude, loves beer, had a lot of fun with him. So yeah, check out their podcast. It's about craft beer and uh, professional wrestling. So if you like those things, you should definitely check that out for sure. And Preston, you know what to do. Love a beard, need a beard, want a beard, want to grow a pickled gnome beard? Check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and Sean's going to hit you with the promo code. Yes, use promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your entire order. He has all the things you need to start growing that luxurious lawn gnome beard like you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And check out Mark's solo podcast, uh, Pixelated Sausage. If you want to know what he's into these days, lots of cool stuff. And then uh, there might be some rumors of Pixelated Radio coming back. That's might yeah, be the word, and word on the street. Pixelated Paranormal is the uh, or Pixelated Sausage is doing a backlog thing on his YouTube channel, which is pretty fucking tight. Oh yeah, he's played another Castlevania. Yeah. So yeah. you know what? I just realized. I wish, I wish I could do something like that. Well, who says you can't? Yeah, I can't play a game that long. Oh, well. That's <laughs> In one setting. No, I don't know. I th- That would be, would be pretty easy to do. And I should do something like that because it is fun. Yeah, dude. Do it. Do it till you're satisfied, in fact. Um, I just realized we – it's an hour and a half in. Ethan, we will jump on your story next time. Let's do this. Um, let's – our next episode, let's do A Haunting of Hill House. And then we can talk about Ethan's story because it was kind of about a haunted house. Mm-hmm. So why don't we take a break and then the following episode we'll jump into the leprechauns and whatnot. We'll do kind of a uh, short uh, short episode. Man, and I got a listener story I've been sitting on for a while because it just hasn't fit in with anything. So well, fuck it, let's do it. Um, do it let's do it. let's go ahead and drop another episode next week. We'll short we'll do a short one uh, and drop it next week, and then the regular sized one uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Boom shakalaka. That's how plans get made at the last minute. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. And let's not forget Sean's favorite podcast that he's never oh. once listened to, Sports Cars Unleashed. Hell Unleashed. yeah. Everything you wanted to know, need to know, or never knew about racing. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Sweet. Peace. We will catch you guys next time. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com If you'd like to leave us a voicemail we have that set up too Dial us at 707-523-4263 Again, that's 707-523-4263 We'd really love to hear from you Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal Your guide to the unusual and The Strange Let me get a drink real quick of this coconut LaCroix.
the fuck out of here with the LaCroix. Oh, dude, it's so good, though. There's there's some that taste like fucking vomit. It's but this all is fucking tasty. garbage. No, you, I haven't tried the hold, coconut one. You're garbage. That fucking citrus one. Did you hold your pinky up while you yeah. were sipping it? I'm drinking it out of a cold brew coffee mug. You fancy fuck. <laughs> right. 